Today's sponsor is Audible. Please visit audiblepodcast.com slash baldmove for a free audiobook download. Welcome to Breaking Good, the officially unofficial podcast for Breaking Bad on AMC. I'm Jim. And I'm Aaron. And this week we're covering Season 5, Episode 4, Title 51. Or is it Season 51, Episode 5? I get so confused. Ah, uh, me too. Damn, too they're using numbers. numbers on their fucking titles. I know. Maybe it all they? means something. How dare they? Uh, I don't know. How dare they? Uh, we have some pretty big news this week to talk about, don't we? Do we? What is it? PA. Oh, holy crap. Yeah, Yeah. I forgot about it. We haven't (laughs) talked about it on the podcast yet. It's so huge, I blocked it out. (laughs) Uh, So, uh, I explained this kind of on the Facebook site and also on our main page, but, uh, uh, you know, Jim and I got our start several years ago with a podcast called Blue Yonder, Mm -hmm. and it was kind of a general geek and, you know, general interest. Possibly a little too general. A little too general. Uh, never really found an audience, and then we got started doing TV, and the rest is history. But we made some really good buddies of ours in Seattle. Uh, we started, actually, we declared an internet war on them and started some online shit. Mm-hmm. And somehow through that, we became friends, and they uh, want to join our network and fill that uh, spot left by the Blue Yonder. So they have their, their podcast called Personal Arrogance. And it's named after the Arrogant Bastard beer because yeah. there's a tavern in Seattle that serves a personal pitcher mm-hmm. of whatever beer you want. And they're, 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 they like the personal arrogant. And that's the, where they came up with the idea for it, right? In that particular yeah. tavern. So yeah. it's a great cast. They talk about beer, uh, video games, board games, uh, pop General culture, yeah. movies. Pop culture. Anything you want. They're hilarious. Eric talks a lot about American Pickers. Man, he loves that show. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, they also might uh, do some other podcasts here and there. So yeah. we're, we're, we're actually kind of just trying to figure out how they're going to fit in our lineup. But Really you know, glad to have those guys on board, though. Yeah. Really glad. I mean, we brought on Mad Brew to help us out with the Game of Thrones cast. And I think these guys are going to add more content. And if you like it, great. If not, it uh, it's not like it's going to force its way onto your media. <laughs> No, player. It'll, it'll be we'll be promoting it on the website and through our Twitter and Facebook feeds. But I mean, other than that, it's you know we'll yeah. still keep doing our TV thing like we always have been. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But they're seriously funny, and we've had a lot of fans yeah. uh, ask us if we are ever going to do the bald, the blue yonder casts mm-hmm. because they've gone back through our archive somehow and listened to all those crazy ass things. I can't even find them on our site anymore. Right, <laughs> we probably won't, but we might uh, from time to time like crash their cast and you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, talk it up with them and all that kind of stuff. So Yeah, we'll let you know if we're going to be on their show. Yep, we'll do. So other than that, we'll probably pimp them at the end of the cast like the rest of the stuff and uh, check them out if you haven't already. They should have a new episode. Are they released scheduled Wednesday or Friday now? It's Friday, Friday. right? Yep. So they should have a new cast Friday and you can go to personalarrogance.com or PA. They're the no shit affiliate link, <laughs> PA.baldmove.com yeah. uh, to check out their site before they get it all ported over. So... Yeah, one other announcement you might have heard at the beginning of this episode. We are now sponsored by Audible. 
that's kind of cool. We had we had kind of approached this approached the subject before in an episode, and we were asking the fans if we thought um, or if they thought that we should do some advertising. And I think the response was overwhelmingly positive, especially with Audible, uh, because they advertise on a lot of podcasts and people seem to like them in general. And if you're listening to podcasts, honestly, you're probably going to listen to audiobooks. So this kind of goes hand in hand. You know? Yeah, sure. And, uh, you know, we'll, we'll give them their proper ad later in the uh, podcast. Yeah. But uh, we heard nothing but good things. As I checked it out, I asked a bunch of friends, asked some listeners on Facebook, and I didn't hear anybody say, oh, Audible. Yeah. What a bunch of crap. And I got on there, yeah. uh, got on my free account just now, and was pleasantly surprised at the list of books that they have available. And, hey, you can get a free one. So yeah. what the hell? Yeah. All right. Can't beat free. <laughs> you cannot. That's a good way to segue right into our recap. So why don't you take us? Yeah, Benny uh, buys the Aztec. I, I, I felt like the Villigan played with our emotions there a little bit. Brought the old yeah. friend back and yanked her away. It's got nine lives. Didn't need the windshield replaced. No. <laughs> I love that. Uh, nothing beats free. This is the second time in four episodes that a side character has mentioned that. When you- was the last time? In the season opener, the Denny's waitress, when she oh, was trying yeah. to push the free breakfast on, she's like, you know, free's always good. Right, is he talking about freedom, or is he talking about the price? Uh, I mean, he's certainly talking about the price, but is there an undertone there of, well, it's freedom? I, yeah, I think there's that, and then you kind of got to wonder... You know, Walt did have a shot at free money before all this madness started. With Gretchen and Elliot, you know, basically, and he turned that down, and I just wonder if this is the karma engine starting a little bit Mm. of rumbling, that all these people are like, you know, free's good, you should always win. So you got the freedom, and then the fact he turned down, he he turned down free money. Yeah. Yeah. He turned down a free Aztec. Mm -hmm. The man's insane. He is. Uh, He made 50 bucks, though. There's a lot of this, and and I think it's appropriate, uh, there was a lot of callbacks to previous episodes. And um, I was listening to Seppenwall and and Feinberg's podcast yesterday, and they pointed out, like, if you're going to have a callback-heavy episode, you know, a one-year kind of anniversary episode is a place to do it. Yeah, that's a good I found, like, almost every scene had a callback to a previous season. Sure. This one we talked about, you know, the guy said, you know, I noticed there's some blood and guts up under the (laughs) front there. Steam hose it off. Of course, that's... Mm-hmm. ostensibly a deer accident uh-huh. but uh is is walt jr wise to this at all is he wondering oh i didn't hear about any deer no accident. i'm pretty sure that's the official cover story that was floated around okay because yeah, he has wrecked this aztec a lot a lot yeah now obviously the airline wreckage wasn't directly his fault mm-hmm. <laughs> it's kind of indirectly his fault sure uh why did walt sell this car uh, I don't know, because he grabs his hat right before it, and it seemed to me like that was a point where he made the decision to just yes. get rid of the thing. And is it because, well, I'm Heisenberg now, and this is not a fitting car for me to be driving? Look at this piece of junk. You know, the first time I saw it, when the hat, he found the hat, and he's like, oh, God, what else could... I, I got the impression that he's thinking, oh, God, what else could this car have in it? You know, we just, oh, I, we just the the, blood, I just had the I just had the blood of these drug dealers that just mm-hmm. now got cleaned off like weeks and maybe even months after it actually happened. And this fucking Heisenberg hat. Yeah. And didn't he pick out like a loose thread on that hat? 
Uh, yeah, but this we, scene or was it another scene? It was at the very end, or not the very end, but when he's talking about nothing stops this train. Yes, there's a shot of a loose thread, and I, we'll talk about that. All right, because sure. I want to talk about that. But I, I, I feel like that the second time I watched it, I got the feeling that yes, he needed to trade this in for a Heisenberg mobile. Yeah, yeah. this no luck because the guy's going on and on about it being practical. Uh-huh, and the, the, the color, the fern the green. Uh, what an intri- interesting intent. So that's kind of what I got. Uh. Yeah, they were talking actually on the Insider podcast about that color uh, th- this week, I think it was. Um, and Vince Gilligan was basically saying when they got this car, they wanted to take this already uh, pedestrian-looking vehicle and make it look even worse. So you, can you cannot even actually get that color? Uh, no, you can't. They had the guy specially huh. paint it, um, and and he painted it matte because he wanted it to not have any shine to it at all, just be just, as right. dumpy as possible. A shitbox. <laughs> yeah. Huh. So I thought that was funny. That's interesting because I actually I was uh, getting all ready to complain. I didn't get the uh, insider cast today. Oh, um, it's not oh, updated on my thread for some reason or my RSS feeder. Huh. Anyway, now that here nor there, what is with him wearing this goddamn Heisenberg hat? It's the dumbest thing I, he could do right now. Pretty much the dumbest thing he could possibly Pretty do. Pretty much because Hank has a sketch of Heisenberg in that hat that looks exactly like Walt. Yep. These, I mean, put throw shades on him, and that's him. Yeah. So if he forgets to take this hat off, that's an instant connection. Plus, like, what if Walt Junior's like, "Hey, Dad, get out!" You know, at the birthday party, yeah, get out that crazy hat you're wearing earlier today. Oh no, I can't. I mean, it's it's ludicrous. It's such a bad idea. But there are so many mistakes that Walt. I I feel like this is the point in Casino where. Uh, what what's his name? Was it Sammy? Laid eyes on Sharon Stone. Uh-huh, yeah, <laughs> it's like oh shit, uh, and it all went wrong. That's this, this is the one of the epicenters. Can I just say there's a lot of comparisons that I made, and it's because I watched it the previous night. But to Casino, this episode, I yes, mean, we've got ta- Skyler trying too. to take away the kids, mm-hmm. uh, which is a big plot point. That's in that's Casino. every gangster movie ever. The girl's got to yeah, try to take away yeah. the kids, and he's got to give the speech about, do you really think yeah, I'm going to yeah. let that happen? That's true. I, well, that's kind of what I, where I was going with this. I'm like, is that because I watched the movie before and that happens in Casino, or is it because those are just kind of tropes in the, yeah, the gangster I, movie genre? I kind of feel like the Villigan, and I actually had a couple, at least one person asked me why I call him that. <laughs> Because it's Vince Gilligan, and he's yeah. turning Walt evil, so that makes him the Villigan. Come on, people. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I, I got the same thing. I feel like the, the Villigan is just going through and checking off, like, on Walt's mm-hmm. downfall. Every Godfather, little... yeah. Scarface. Yeah. All right, now we've got Casino. Right. Sure. Because that's other thing impressive. They need a Joe me. Pesci character, just killing people left and right. I guess that was Gus. Or Mike. Or, you know, Mike, Mike's yeah. kind of like a very tuned down... Yeah, he doesn't do it for Pessy, no reason. Right. Yeah. Okay, so the next scene, I just don't know. This did not feel like any kind of Breaking Bad I've ever seen. Uh, and the guy that uh-huh. directed this is the same guy that directed The Fly. Yeah. It's the previous, I forget his name. Uh, Ryan Johnson. Uh, so he's got some interesting visual takes on things, but the... I, I call this scene like the revving of the idiots. It's just the the the, <laughs> the camera bouncing back and forth on a pivot to uh, yeah. this this driving beat. I you didn't like it. I don't know. I did find out. Did you know what car that the uh, Walt bought? Uh, three hundred. Yeah, it's a variant 
called the SRT of the 300. Oh. So the top of the line starts retails uh, beginning at $48,000. See, when I first saw it, I thought, oh, my God, he went and got a Bentley or something. Right. And I was like, that car is no, way it's... too expensive. <laughs> yeah. He has no business having it. But, yeah, 300 fine. I don't. I mean, who the hell spends fifty thousand dollars on a Chrysler? But he that's didn't. What I want. He leased it, <laughs> right? You know, sure, so sure. so he's got a cover story. That's gotcha. that's pretty good. So I just can't look. I, I'm looking forward to all the transmission problems that are going to plague <laughs> Walt and Walt Junior. <laughs> yeah, especially <laughs> Walt Junior. Man, he did not sound like he was driving <laughs> safely. So I was going sixty, and I just had to blow blow ass past this guy. Was, yeah. Do you think that's? I mean, as things begin to go wrong, do you think because? One of the big speculations when Walt bought him the car last year, yeah. and then this is another callback. This is the callback episode. Yep. The Charger was uh, Walt Jr. is going to wrap that thing around a telephone pole. It's possible. It's possible. I feel like bringing it back, man. It just and the way the Junior's talking about all this is just you know no bueno. I got to say, I did like this scene a lot more the second time I saw it. Uh, hmm. The first time, I was so confused, and you're right, it felt so different from anything I'd seen in Breaking Bad that it felt jarring and out of place. But the second time through, it was like, okay, I'm I'm used to it. And and it, it just felt like some of the crazy stuff they've done in the past, you know? Mm-hmm. They're, they're always taking liberties with their cinematography. Right. Uh, actually, we forgot to mention this up front because we got all a Twitter about the uh, mm-hmm. Audible and the personal arrogance. But I was... 30 minutes through this episode really turned off. I was not digging it. I was about to call, like, well, this is just a bullshit episode. <laughs> uh-huh. And then when it turned the corner, I was like, all right. Now, interestingly enough, the second time I watched it, the first stuff seemed more palatable, I guess, because I knew good stuff was coming. Yeah. yeah. But I was very just, like, almost, like, tapping my foot, like, when is this episode going to start not being freaking weird? Sure. I'm with you. Okay. Uh, second time it was better, though. Speaking of freaking weird, next scene, we see Lydia on the phone, uh, nothing but a wall of German. Uh, We see Uh a plaque recognizing her as outstanding leadership in business, which I feel like the show is really schizophrenic about how it expects us to feel about Lydia. What do you mean? If she's risen to this level in the company, Ah. she's got to be a competent person. But every friggin' detail we've gotten about this character, she's a nutcase. She's just – she go back to when Walt was starting this whole operation, Uh season one. Uh Walt made so many mistakes and had no idea what he was doing. Walt was a fucking high school chemistry teacher, though. I got you, but it was such a different environment than he's used to. And I feel like that's the same with Lydia. She's not used to being involved in criminal conspiracies, but when it comes to business, she's perfectly at home, just like Walt was with teaching. Is she? Because she's wearing mismatched shoes. I mean, like I said, every detail that the show is using to paint in the shorthand is Lydia is a fucking idiot. I mean, I get it. It's not that she's an idiot. She's so stressed out by this whole thing that's going on around her. She's like... Really? Yeah, that's why she forgot to wear the same shoes. I don't know. I'm starting to see what Fe- uh, Feinberg was talking about because it's like I get that this is the American misogyny channel, but still, <laughs> do we have to have the tropey out of you know fish out of water over her head? Yeah. Oh my god, how can I handle this bullshit from the you know first female character we kind of see in this game? Sure. A uh, couple things. Did you notice in the windows, and this came out when, with, with Gale, but the Madrigal Electromotive spelled Gal? 
Oh, behind it. her office. Yeah. There's a GAL because, you know, she's the first woman that's kind of been in the gang. Uh-huh. Although not really since Skyler is also in the gang. Yeah, but she's the first one involved in the the directly in the drug right. operation. And also the tiny E formed a Gale as well. Do yeah, you think there's yeah. anything to that or is that just them being I don't know because I mean we have talked about the magicalelectromotive.com site before mm-hmm. and there on their page it's been like that for like a year where they they've capitalized Gale right in the middle of Magical Electromotive. Right. And I don't know if that means anything. Uh, interestingly enough, I've been in contact with Dr. Goodman. Yeah. And uh, he wants to come on the podcast. Oh, okay. So we're kind of negotiating a time when we can get him on. Look forward to a 45-minute dissertation on defibrillators. <laughs> uh, can I say, where are they in these these offices? Where what? is this office located? It's in Houston. And okay. We have a, that's the other thing about the plaque is it definitively puts us in Houston, Texas, because it says, okay. you know, war blah, 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 Houston, Texas. And... Jesse makes mention of the fact that this thing is all in Houston as well. So is so now that Hank is, I don't know why it's of, important that this is in Houston. I don't know why they keep making this a big deal. I don't know. Maybe we'll find out. Maybe, maybe. Uh, so now is Hank going to be in charge of a pretty big area in the southwest there? Because well, you're way I mean, ahead he's of going me, into. I, I know. I know. No, I, I'm, I mean, I'm moving I, ahead of the scene uh, well, quite a bit. Go to hell, man. I have an outline for a reason. I'm totally lost. <laughs> All right. Keep going. No, no, we'll, no. We'll you do. Take it. it. Take when, it, man. When he gets Mercurt's old job. Yes. Uh, how much area is Mercurt responsible for? Because it's surely not he's in New Mexico. Because they, they make a reference to it being a DO, which I, I guess is a district office. And the district's got to be bigger than Albuquerque. It, it, certainly, yeah. Especially a sparsely populated area like that. I uh-huh. figure that it's it's got to cover you know, a multi-state area. Because it's, think so, it's yeah. federal office. So, but on the other hand, you would think that Phoenix might have one. Yeah. Like or all like, the big, yeah. Uh, what's the big drug running city that they're having problems with in Texas? They've certainly got one. I don't uh, know. Is it Juarez? Not Juarez. Is it Juarez? I, mean, I don't know. Flagstaff? Uh, That's no, actually no. There. There's a TV show about it actually right now, but I can't remember it. Tombstone. Sure. Waco. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right. So the other thing I wanted to talk about is Mike gives her a 30 second heads up the DEA is coming. Does this validate or give me a little bit of uh, cred for the there's someone dirty inside the DEA? It's card? got to. It has to. How else would he know? He can't be sitting outside, right? He's not going to be in Houston, Texas, well, sitting outside in a car. Alert listener Nikki on Facebook said that she figured that Mike has a guy who's watching Lydia in Houston. Huh. He can't trust her, so she didn't think that he'd leave her an attendant. Uh, he didn't have much notice about the visit. Uh, because, you know, obviously this was a planned visit. This wasn't some surprise raid. So if he yeah. had an inside connection, you'd think they'd give him more time. That's a good prep. point. Yeah. Whereas if it's a guy just sitting outside in the parking lot, it's like, yo, the DEA just rolled up. Yeah, he calls Mike. Mike calls her. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, but that's another callback to the mm-hmm. one-minute episode. Yeah, where uh, Mike – or, well, there's a couple callbacks. Um, right. Somebody calls up. Who was it called up uh, Walt in the middle of the street as he headed up to Gus's place? Right, and said go and, home. And but then also that call that Hank gets uh, in his car when the the, the brothers the are twins. about to, yeah. their cousins, the cousins are coming. Yep. Um, the other thing, um, Sandra Pizer on Facebook 
uh, I don't know whether she speaks German or not, but she basically said the phone conference in German mm-hmm. was all about software problems they're having in their North American division. Oh, well, I caught the word software. Did you? Because okay. they just say that flat out in English. Right, right. Uh, software. So I assumed it was about software, but I didn't know anything else about it. So that's right. good to know. Uh, so she ends up fingering her warehouse manager, uh, who doesn't look like the strong silent type to me. He no? looks very much like the, I think he's going to talk. Jacques, you, how, how could you let this happen to me? Yeah. Well, I mean, I got that. Like that look he gave her was not like, I got this. Yeah. Yeah. It was more like, what the hell? Yeah. What and are you letting happen here? She conveyed that to Mike, but Mike seems very confident that no one's going to, you know, she has her silent scream and he's like, no one's going to talk to the police. I'm going to send you a new guy. Yep. Is Mike going to add him to the legacy cost now? He has to, I, right? You would think so, yeah. Um, was he on the list? Is he one of the nine no, that's he, left? Surely not, because she said, this is my guy. Ah, My yeah. guy. Good point. So, Skylar comes home, and I love it, because her little shit wagon like, goes and you know, does like <laughs> yeah. almost like an audio auto, uh, automobile version of the double take uh-huh. before it like pulls <laughs> to the side of the street. And oh boy, we have a debate over high speed hijinks and mm-hmm. donuts. And Walt just seems like the dangerous, crazy dad uh, that we know he is. Yeah, what? I mean, did you like Walt in this scene? He seemed like uh, he seemed mm. like he was having fun with his kid. You know, <sighs> Walt Junior was certainly enjoying it, trying to make him shake. And I just it, it, what bothered me is the fact that he is just riding roughshod over Skyler and all this stuff, and then yeah. going back and post justifying it at the end, you know. Well, well, this is a turnaround from what we saw last time with the Challenger, you know. Well, yes, and I also think this was a deliberate kind of like, you know, he said it like everything was kind of you know, cuz he's he almost had that little passive aggressive season 1 Walt voice was he's explaining and how it all fits their plan and all that kind of stuff, but I I got the clear feeling that that was all about you know well you're going to spend 650 grand without me knowing it and you're going to do this you're going to do that well you know here's a here's a little bit of your own medicine on what you're going to do about it yeah uh next scene we see skylar basic garroting her finger with dental floss (laughs) she's sick of waltz just uh here's waltz justifications she finds out for the first time that he's back at cooking oh yeah which i guess that would be shocking like Mm -hmm. That he's not out and survived with the skin of her teeth, that he's continuing to do this stuff. And we see the initial kind of her trying to float the idea of getting the kids out of the house. Yeah. And uh, Hank, or I'm sorry, Walt, on the other hand, sees nothing but smooth sailing ahead. Yeah, life is good. Wants to look forward to his birthday. Wants some chocolate cake. (laughs) Yeah, he does. Uh, Walt, you know, does he really believe it's smooth sailing ahead? Because if I was in his shoes, I feel like I would be seeing all kinds of, like, really? You think the criminal underworld is just going to let us have, we're no. going to have to fight for this? Or he thinks, eh, Mike will take care of that, and yeah. I'll just make the product, and no He's one's ever going to... He's just a cook now, just like he was before with Gus. I mean, that should tell you mm. something right there, Walt. Right. <laughs> but it doesn't. I don't think Walt has any uh, any notion of being in trouble right now. Mm. I think he's perfectly content with where he is and feels totally safe. Mm. That's 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 scary. Yeah. Uh, so we see the uh, another callback. 
uh, to several, the pilot episode and the season opener with the bacon scene. Yeah. Uh, Walt yeah. Jr. is very concerned about dad's bacon. First that he gets the 51 and then that Skyler stole his big piece of ba- bacon. Half, half of a piece of bacon and Walt Jr.'s all over it. Right. There's a lot. He looked really hurt too. What's well, funny. Like, no, no, no. <laughs> right. There's funny because there's an animated gif of him kind of like giving her that like, what the hell look. And uh-huh. it, it was subtitled on Reddit. This is how supervillains are born. <laughs> <laughs> So awesome. we've wondered when what will push him into Breaking Bad with his dad. There you go. You take yeah. a man's bacon. What the hell? Sure. I mean, at this point, Devilligan is just fucking with us on this breakfast thing, right? Oh, he has to be. Like he's like yeah. he's goofing us so often and so hard. It's mm-hmm. kind of breathtaking, really. It really I love feels it. Feels like every single episode this season we've had a breakfast, haven't we? Right. And the I fact, can't think of one where we haven't. Right. And the fact that like they have Junior conspicuously be all about the bacon. You yeah. Know? Like he's like that's the most important goddamn thing. <laughs> uh huh. Uh. Anyway, anything else to talk about no. other than the fact that Skyler is just just in a completely bad position here you know where she's forced it reminded me a lot of like the you remember the episode in mad men where roger sterling is forced to wear the santa suit yeah by yeah. The junior uh-huh. uh that's oh that's a pretty that's a pretty funny coincidence Ju- junior's the guy that forced her to she doesn't clearly want to do this once let's his birthday just kind of go on her radar and walt jr's like come on yeah you got to do this this is the thing with dad Ah, poor, poor, poor sap. Uh, On to scene of Hank's awesome corkboard. By the way, have you seen that on AMC's site? They have a whole interactive version of that. Yeah, I saw that. It's pretty cool. You can click. I mean, I don't think there's any, like, I went and clicked through most of them. I didn't see any really, like, earth-shattering, like... When you had Gail's journal, uh-huh. there was some good stuff in there. Yeah. Um, I don't know if any of it turned out to be significant, but there was a lot of kind of like, you know, not immediately uh, obvious details. But it's kind of interesting to look at. A uh, couple of things I want to talk about. It seems like Hank is really damn close to figuring out what's happening on the street in real time. Very close. Like, yeah. he's like, yeah, I'm not so sure that the cooks got fried and I'm not. And also, Gomez seems like he's obstructing every step of the way and just dismissing. Get out of here. Cra- I mean, come on. He's basically saying, I don't know. I don't. That Lydia girl who's uh-huh. like, you know, knee deep in this. No, I don't get the criminal whiff off just of a her. Pencil pusher. Is he, is he just that bad of a cop? I. It- <laughs> Like I said before, he either is a terrible, terrible, stupid cop, or he's pretending to be. And if he is pretending to be, he could be dirty. Uh So, I mean, I I can't throw it out, but it doesn't seem like they would put someone that close to it in the show. I don't know. Seems crazy. So... What about Lady Banjo Eyes? What the hell does that mean? (laughs) I don't know what Banjo Eyes means myself. I kind of wanted to look it up and I forgot. Yeah, if our listeners can let us know. Uh, Speaking of obstruction, possible obstructing is this DEA puke from El Paso Mm -hmm. coming and offering him the assistant uh, director position. Yeah, Merkert's old job. Yeah, kicking him up to management. Uh, mm-hmm. Now, that's a very much a old cop trope that you promote a guy up to management and he's off the streets and, you know, he's busy in the day-to-day and he never gets back to, like, the ground-level police work. Yeah. I, I got a couple questions for you. Do you really think Hank wants this position? No. I got no. that feeling, too. Because of what happened in El Paso. Right. Um. I felt like when he came back, he was 
he was very much wanting to catch Heisenberg, and he still does. He doesn't think he's caught yet. Well, and I think that, you know, because you really think about Hank and his transformation, he was, first of all, much fatter in the previous season. He was oh, yeah. a blowhard ass. Like, he didn't do a lot of, like, legit cop work. It was a lot of just kind of, like, you know, you kind of feel like he just hassled minorities and yeah. uh, did low-level busts of, like, you know, the Captain Cooks of the world. And mm-hmm. him getting taken out of commission, I felt like made him hone his policeman skills because he had to. That's the only thing he could yeah. do. That's a good call. And now he's like, you know, season one, uh, Hank, all he wanted was to keep climbing, keep climbing. I think season five, he's like a bloodhound. He wants to see this thing through. Yeah, I think you're right. Do you think uh, this is going to be a subversion of that trope that he continues to be able to... Uh, focus the DEA on Walt's operation, or do you think this is going to be a distraction and a way to... Because it feels like he's really right on top of this, man. He is. He's so close to catching Walt, it's sick. And it's right in front of him, and I could I could honestly see it going either way. I would be satisfied if Hank just never caught Walt and some other things happened to Walt, you know? Um, I don't think Hank needs to catch Walt in this. Mm-hmm. I think it... It could work as almost a a tragic story for Hank if he doesn't. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, everyone kind of is rooting for him too, right? Mm-hmm. Everyone wants him to catch Walt. Right. So I, I it could go. I do way. anyway. Uh, any other meat to pick off these bones? Is or? that guy dirty? Is that guy the dirty one? That see, is he coming in to move Hank off the case? And would that would having some kind of like almost bureaucratic layer in the DEA be enough for Villigan to make him dirty and not have go against his pledge of having the rank? Because like, I I just wonder if he considers that guy really DEA. Like yeah. he's almost like at the Washington level. Mm-hmm. I mean, I guess that would be an interesting kind of like keep my fingers crossed promise that like yeah, it's the because the real. You know the the rank and file DEA guys. I don't think would be upset with that. Maybe not. Yeah, they probably look at the guys way up top and say, "Oh, those, those aren't real DEA guys." Right, They're sitting in offices doing right. nothing. Right. Yeah, pencil pushers. Right, blown up turtles with heads on them. Uh, the other thing I saw in this scene was that uh hank says they're putting together a surveillance team to watch mike mm-hmm. so they don't yet have a team on mike mm-hmm. I, we got some feedback from somebody asking why they didn't know uh what mike was up to with lydia and all that and it's because they're not watching him yet well and it's it's not easy you know i hate to bust, bust out that if there's anything i learned from watching five seasons of the wire <laughs> but uh, it's not super easy to just wiretap and surveil yeah. people you have to get you know because we live in a free society mm-hmm. uh and and that kind of adds new urgency because i think mike probably knew that he's like i got picked up i've got such a period of time before they're likely to get the warrants that they need to start doing all this stuff and follow me around and yeah. really getting the news tight around me so i'm going to make hay while the sun shines and what kind of enforcer is he going to be able to be if he is under this intense scrutiny I don't know. His role is going to have to shift. He can't go around killing people. Mm-mm. Certainly not. He can't be flying to Houston and whacking some chick yeah. that's a person of interest and then come back to Albuquerque and be like, what do you want? He I, was can't, play, I was playing Hungry Hungry Hippo with my granddaughter. <laughs> he can't be transporting a million dollars in cash in a duffel bag. No. I mean, that, that stuff's not going to work anymore. Uh, anything else to talk about or should we move on? Well, let's move on. Next scene, Walt asks Jesse. They're finishing up a cook at a residential building. It's all tinted up. 
Uh, can I get off early because I got a birthday party to get off to? Mm-hmm. Problem? Not much of a party. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, I wouldn't really describe that as a party. That's there, a birthday dinner. There's a fantastically sad image on Reddit, <laughs> the Breaking Bad subreddit of. 50th birthday party and you see like mm-hmm. the living room's full of friends and Skylar's smiling she's got the cake and the sad hand job for him yeah. <laughs> yeah. uh 51 it's you know kind of a depressing with just hank and marie and it's mm-hmm. all smuted and blue and in 52 he's just alone at a fucking <laughs> greasy spoon i love it it's like the day de- that that says it all right about the degra- degrading of the character it really does uh, so it's just a family, but he does get the chocolate cake. Uh, cut to a hilarious scene of Hank and Marie driving across town mm-hmm. to go there. Of course, we knew as soon as the scene started, Marie was going to crack, right? Oh, yeah. She wasn't going to be able to keep anything, no. you know, her mouth her mouth shut. She's, uh, she's, she, she, she's not, it's not physically capable of shutting up, apparently. Uh-huh. Even, you have to scream 14 shut-ups to get that to sink in. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Uh, so... Big thing on this, what do you make of Hank's remembering of the second phone Walt's got? Which is uh, another callback to previous seasons. Another callback. I We actually have some good feedback on this, so I don't want to talk about right. it too much. Um, Let the listeners we'll, have their say at the yeah, end of the cast. Yeah, they, they have a really good take that I didn't quite get, so hmm. I'm, I'm happy about that. Okay. So... Hank also, speaking of being on a roll, brings up the cars like, you know, hey, you just drop 100 grand on cars out there. And, Car wash millionaire. Right. And Walt talks about how it's at least, by the way, leasing $50,000 car is still pretty fucking expensive. Sure. Yeah. Right? For it's a not, car wash guy. Yeah. Uh, Skyler is just comatose in this scene. Yeah. I mean, like, she's just completely, like, kind of going into a fugue state right in front of us. Uh-huh. Uh, and... This is just one long callback uh, to previous seasons because Walt basically walks us through everything we've been through in the last year with the lens of, you know, him kind of being Mr. Chips as he's telling it, not Scarface. Mm -hmm. And uh, then I got two questions. Uh, So Skylar goes swimming as a way to kind of like that's her fugue state, right? Kind of, yeah. Is Walt being sincere when he's really thinking back over? I mean, th- this almost seemed like he's really sincere about, like, thanks for all the help getting me through and, you know, getting I, shot yeah. and your talking pillow and all this stuff. I'm with you. I don't – It's be, it, it has been very difficult these past four episodes for me to tell how sincere Walt is about anything he's done. Mm-hmm. He very much enjoys the drug trade. Obviously, mm-hmm. he's still doing it. But when it comes to Skyler and his family, it seems like he's genuine with Walt Jr., but I surely he can't think that Skyler is okay with his actions and that if he just pretends like nothing has happened, everything is going to go back to normal. And I question whether he's really sincere with Walt Jr. either. I mean, he's kind of being Daddy Warbucks here. He is. I mean, he's playing up the dad angle a lot, right. and and Hank's a big part. He's of that acting too. like a, the the classic Disney divorced dad, you know. No, I don't know. It's like the it's like you know, dad gets divorced, and when he comes, the kids come over. It's like, hey, let's go to Disney World. Here's a little candy. Stay up late, but, uh, you know, all that gotcha. kind of stuff. Yeah. So I, I, I just I don't I cannot tell how much of this is genuine and how much of this is a front. I gotta say, I love the cinematography here. That pool uh, looked amazing. It almost looked like yeah, when it zooms in. Yeah, it, it mm-hmm. looks like uh, like one of those 
cooling pools at a nuclear reactor. <laughs> and it's got all that churn off or whatever radiation coming because it's just insanely uh, bright blue. It's, yeah. it, it was beautiful. And uh, I called it as soon as Skyler got up. I was like, she's oh, going in that pool. Of course. She's obviously going in. Of course. And, and then you saw her take her shoes off real yeah. slyly. Yeah. yeah. And everybody's kind of like growing completely unsettled. Meanwhile, Walt is, of course, completely oblivious to it. Yeah. It worked on a lot of different levels. What is Skyler's plan here? I think, honestly, that Skyler just wanted some calm and some quiet and to not have to think about anything that's going on here. I mean, her the rest of her family is talking about all these things that she knows are bullshit. And her, her way of getting away from that was to get up away from the table and then eventually go down into the pool. I, I'm with Hank. I don't think she was going to kill herself there. She just wanted a, a reprieve from all this insanity. My take is that she, if she could, she'd just scream in Walt's face, shut up 14 times uh-huh. with the lies. She couldn't do that. Yeah. So she plays the deranged angle and goes swimming. By the way, there yeah. was a minor debate about who actually jumped in to save her. Um, it was Walt. Yeah, I've definitely yeah. verified. Walt is the one who dives. Certainly. So. Yeah. <laughs> it's on the screen. It's and pretty And plus obvious. he was in completely different clothes on the next scene. And all that kind of stuff. Uh, so. Yeah, yeah. He's in the white shirt. Speaking of next scene, uh, mm-hmm. moving on. Oh, uh, but you saw the smile on her face when she's underwater, right? Yes, there was a slight smile near yeah. the end of that scene. What do you think that was about? Like I said, I think that's her her escape. Her escape. How, she finally found that a place where she didn't have to deal with all that shit. Right. Uh, so we see Lydia trying to figure out the circuit breaker to disable the cameras. Because uh, obviously she's never done this. Introduction of Jesse as her new guy. And they load the barrels, find a tracking device. Speak. Yep. Speak? What do you have? What do you got to say about this? Uh, I think Lydia is ridiculous here. Uh, the guy walks up. You know, you know there's a guy coming. He tells you his name's Mike. Mm-hmm. Uh, or that the guy who sent him is Mike. You don't need to know a last name, really? Right. Really? What if Jesse didn't even know his last name? The man trout. Yeah. Like, I I wasn't sure if Jesse even knew at that point. Well, I mean, yeah, it would not be completely unheard of in a criminal conspiracy for them not to know who sent me. Exactly. Look, I'm here. Yeah. To pick up your fucking methylamine. Uh You really, you know, what, but that kind of is true to her character. Sure. She's kind of a loathsome character, kind of an annoying character, but it is true to. She's nervous and fidgety. Yeah, and like all that's cloak and dagger crap she tried to pull with, with Mike. Yeah. So anyway, yeah, which was one of the best scenes this season, I think. <laughs> so funny. Some people had problems with like, how did she get a chance to? She didn't hide the tracking device because how would she got a chance? She you know uh, disabled the security cams and opened the door. Mm-hmm. I think there's definitely room in editing where we don't know how much time elapsed between shutting down the cameras and going to let Jesse in the door. Yeah. Also, this seems like fucking amateur hour. Like, hmm. the DEA, I think one of the first things they would do is request the security footage. And mm-hmm. they're going to see the, secu- the light shut off for like five mm-hmm. seconds yeah, and then sure. shut off. And then the camera shut down. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's going to be – this This is such an obvious problem for them. You'd think so, yeah. Although maybe they think they got their man and they got the warehouse manager. I don't know. Uh, maybe, yeah. Uh, anyth- That's probably what that was about. Uh, anything else? 
Uh, no. Do, do you think? Team. Do you think Lydia planted a tracker? Uh, man. It looked like a shitty job. It did, and Mike said it's sloppy even by cop standards. Yeah, sure. Why not? I think Lydia so too. planted it. I think so too. It would it would make sense with her not wanting to be a part of the the drug deal anymore, right? Uh, so Mike and Walt have a heart to heart around the kitchen table. Marie unveils Skyler's plan to get the kids out of the house. Mm-hmm. What do you think? Um, I mean, it's a good plan. Walt just figured it out. What do you think? What is what's Walt thinking? Um, because oh, he he's goes, obviously thinking, oh, this is a trap. <laughs> or right. This is this is her ploy. But I I kind of think he's genuinely concerned. In his creepy way with Skyler up until this scene. Yeah, yeah. And then he switches to, like, when he says, let me ask you something, Marie. Mm-hmm. He went into very cold, you know, and that, that carries through, turned into pretty pretty hot, you know, kind of anger in the next scene. Yeah, this is when uh, Sharon Stone steals Robert De Niro's money out of his <laughs> deposit box, right? Right. That's this scene. Yeah. Uh, so... This is just that fantastic scene where both characters that have been holding their cards close to their vest, Skyler playing criminal last year, not telling her husband what she's doing, and Walt, like, they basically put all their cards on the table. Yep. And outline their plans to fight dirty. This is a conversation that I have wanted to see. Yes. For at least a season now. Right. Because I feel like... Okay, what what is the natural outcome of these conversations? I mean... I could see Skyler just shutting up, not saying anything and mm-hmm. dealing with it. But eventually it's got to come out. And there, the, you can't – Walt's not going to hit Skyler. Walt's not going to beat her. I don't think he's that kind of guy despite everything else he's done. Mm-hmm. The only thing here that you can do is converse. Converse to a point where Skyler literally can't converse anymore. Mm-hmm. She doesn't have a plan. She's coming up with all this on the fly just like Walt has been. And, and she's desperate. Like Walt has been in the past, right? So, so it's interesting to see like Walt turning into Gus in a way, uh-huh. it, it, more than just his mannerisms, but his actions are putting Skyler in a position that he was in just last season. See, I feel like this episode he ditched his this, his weird Gus imitation, and he you went so? like you know this is old school Walter White because I felt like this is another callback, like all the different times where like Aaron Paul's just or Jesse is just frantic about trying to come to the play. Well, we can just shoot him. And, and Walt's yeah. just like, really, Jesse, you're a fucking idiot. Yeah. And here's why. And just, need to think just, about this. Yeah. Just berates him. And he did this with Skyler only way more cruel and calculating. Yeah. Like you just, what yeah. are you going to do? Skyler? What are you going to do? Tell me that plan. I'm going to knock it down. Tell me that plan. I'm going to knock it down. There's nothing you can do. Yeah. And she's like, and really what, she, what can she do in this situation? Wait for him to dive. Exactly what she said. Yeah. Which was the knife that took us into <laughs> the commercial. So let, let's, I want to pose this question to you. Does Walt realize now that Skylar fucking hates him? That Skylar hates his yes, guts. But it's funny by the end of the episode, how he's flipped that around. Yeah. Into, it's like almost another guy. Almost, who, almost job of the hut with Princess Leia. It's like soon you will uh, learn to appreciate my weight. <laughs> no, no, it yeah. doesn't work that way with the green slimy tongue, dude. Uh, You're a fucking giant fat slug. Yeah. Literally yeah. no one will ever appreciate your charms except for maybe another female hut. 
Yeah. I don't know I where know. that Star Wars stuff came from, but... <laughs> I don't know. Uh, the, the one zinger that Skyler did get in is when uh, he's saying, we're not in danger. Uh, yes. Gus was the danger. And she says, I thought you were the danger. Yes. God damn awesome. it. Uh, awesome. That's, yeah, that's, that's part of relationship talks that make my eyes twitch. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> it's like, that's good point, though. Yeah, yeah. Uh, another callback and also uh, slap in the face to Walt. Right, right. And it shows how full of shit he is. Yeah, yeah. Like, he, you know, that's the thing about Walt. Like, he's like, just trust me, just trust me. Why in the hell would Skylar trust him? He has done nothing but lie and manipulate. And she's one of the few people in the series that knows the depths of his lying and manipulation. Really? The only other one is Jesse. He doesn't know. Actually, no, because when he confesses. Yeah, or not confesses, but when he tells her about Jesse having the gun to his head. Um, I don't know. No, I mean, well, Jesse doesn't know everything, and I guess Skylar doesn't know all the stuff he's done to Jesse. Yeah, but yeah. of all the characters, you know, she's comes closest to knowing how big of a shitbag he is. Yeah. And interestingly enough, she's the one hating the most. I think Mike actually might know the most about how much of a shitbag he is. Hmm. <laughs> Interesting. All right, uh, I got a little bit of feedback about that. Maybe. I don't know. Poisoning the kid and all that. That part of his brain might be burnt. Yeah. The ethics part of his brain might be burnt up. Maybe. Uh, Where are we at now? We're at the shaving scene. Shaving scene. Which a lot of people, every friggin' uh, recap I read today pointed out that that is very dexterous. Very dexterous-like. Oh, okay. That and the flossing in the beginning is very much like the intro. Yeah. Uh, Beautiful shot. Uh, you know the 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 crimson dividing the creamy white skin of his head with the creamy white it's getting pornographic. Yeah, I don't like this the creamy white shaving cream, the Ugh. cream fridge, creamy white underwear. <laughs> <laughs> that was a that would be an awesome chance for us to see him in the tidy whities and Billigan pass we, it up. No, 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 we do get what? a tidy whitey shot in this. Oh, not I, in the bathroom, not when he's shaving his head, but later on uh, when he puts the watch away. Oh, that's the, right. Yeah. I must have More been taking whities. notes. I can't believe I didn't uh, get that shit. Yeah, I've got to bring a step up my game. Uh, so, anything else besides that? You know, phone call. Uh, Walt. I feel like in this scene, the first time all season long, he looks a little bit deflated. You think? Yeah, because I don't think he realized how much Skyler. Like he thought up until that moment that she was still scared. Yeah, yeah. And you know, now he realizes she just doesn't not just. But she loathes you. Yeah. Oh, one other question. Why doesn't Skylar? Because she's like, I'm complicit in this. You know, fine, whatever. I don't want the kids to be affected. Mm-hmm. Why doesn't she just turn everything over to Walt or to Hank? Uh, this would be the perfect time to do it. By the way. Yeah. Yeah. It would. I, I really, that's the one thing that bothered me on the subsequent rewatches because the scene is so great. I didn't realize it at first, but it seems like the 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 flaw at the heart of it is that Skylar at any time could just be like, yeah, she'll lose the kid. She might go to jail. Although going to her brother-in-law DEA agent, you'd think maybe she could get some leniency there. And she, well, she's trying to get the kids out of there anyway. The yeah. kids are already at Hank and Marie's. If her, if num- she goes off to jail and they yes. both do, yes. they're going to stay at Hank and Marie's. If she's afraid for their life, uh-huh. why wouldn't she do that? I honestly can't answer that question. I don't know. Maybe it's not just that she's afraid for her life. Maybe she also really doesn't want to go to prison. Mm. Mm. <laughs> but I, 
it doesn't seem like a strong enough reason not to if you, if you feel that your kids are in danger because of this guy that's not a strong enough reason to keep him around hmm. right. i don't know why he did, she doesn't go to the dea okay i don't either it's kind of a little something that bugs me yeah i, I mean, like is to... she that desperate and cr- that she just really can't see that possibility or that move i know that would be a tough one to make i mean that's something you can't take back but she yeah she can't take it back but she's seen it in the past right she's threatened it yeah she knows that move is there she's just not willing to take it and i don't know exactly why maybe she going to the four corners monument that you know the coin flip has spoken yeah can't ever reconsider that well she did she shoved it into new mexico again didn't she (laughs) that's true that's yeah uh so we go back to so walk out a phone call. He goes to meet with the partners and Mike, you know, as he says, he goes, this, this looks too sloppy for cop standards. And then realizes that this is a put on by Lydia and he makes hit the pissed off Mike face. And then like, all right, she's dead. Yeah. No hesitation. This is what I get for being sexist. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> uh, but it sparks a I business dispute. Jesse's frant Now, very interesting. Jesse's role in all this. He's frantic to keep – is he frantic to keep the methylamine going and to keep to keep the cooks going? Or is he uh, frantic to spare another person's – you know, that he met, so he's it's a face to the name, life? I think it's both. Yeah. I, I don't think we need to say, oh, he doesn't care for Lydia or he really cares for Lydia. I think it's, 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 it's both. It's interesting that – jesse is cooking at this point because he seems like of all of the he's got the most to lose he had a nice nest egg and a good yeah. thing going to andrea i kind of gotta ask the same skylar question why is he doing this why, why didn't he, he be like you know mr white you don't really need me mm-hmm. i'll front you to cash pay me back next week and then i'm out yeah i'm going home with my couple hundred thousand and i'm with my the love of my woman and that's it uh, do you think he feels like a loyalty to Mike to keep doing this? I don't know. I because he seems to be kind of shocked that they're going to do it. I I guess he feels a little loyalty to Walt, a little loyalty to Mike. Uh, I don't feel that he thinks he deserves happiness too. Hmm. Maybe deep down, I don't know. Yeah, or, I, that's another head scratcher for me. But yeah, he could have stepped back because he has money. And he could have stepped out of this. So. Well, there's a business dispute, but it's a vote two to one against killing Lydia because, as Mike points out, nothing can stop this train from moving. We cannot. The spice must flow. Uh, The methylamine. Yes, as Walt points out. Must flow. Here's the loose thread on the hat. Mm Mm-hmm. What do you make of the loose thread? Uh, That there's so many things that Walt doesn't even notice right now that are literal loose threads. Mm Mm-hmm. And he got rid of one of them in the car, but there's like all these things that are pointing back to him and, and, you know, it keeps on on multiplying. And I feel like that's very obvious symbolism for, you know, that. (laughs) Yeah, no, I I get you. Uh, Yeah, I mean, there's the idea of it all unraveling. Yeah, the way he picks at it, right. Uh Uh-huh, yeah, because he kind of fingers it a little bit. Ooh. Uh, (laughs) Hey, you said fingering earlier, and I didn't say a damn did word. I? Yeah, you did. Oh, I did. <laughs> Come on. All right, as long as we leave that, we are explicit cast. We yes, can... and we are immature. <laughs> uh, yeah, so uh, this is something something that kind of struck me about it is he kind of did the same like finger motion that Gus did in that elevator after he talked to the DEA. Like something was bothering him. 
Mm-hmm. And I don't know if that something is Skylar, if that something is um, Lydia. I'm not sure, but I think to me that thread represents something in Walt's head that is not okay. That is not that is not as it should be in this scenario. Mm-hmm. Like he's he's not thinking of something. Yeah. No, I I totally get He hasn't seen all the angles. Totally get that too. And also I think this amps up because we ready to move on. Sure. Basically Jesse gives him a watch as a birthday present, mm-hmm. uh, which seems to kind of floor Walt. And did you notice that when Walt comes home, there's this loud ticking in the living room throughout yeah. this whole scene. Yeah. And then so you well, got- c- before we get to that, real quick, uh when Jesse comes out and gives the watch to Walt, mm-hmm. he says, I liked your idea, I think it's the way to go. And he's referring on referring to his plan to deal with Lydia yep. instead of killing her. Mm-hmm. I have no idea what that plan is, and we're not supposed to, I don't think. But do you have any speculation on how Walt might want to deal with her? See, I didn't think that he gave a plan. I think he's like... But that's what Jesse says. I think it's the that, way to go. Yeah, the way to go is not to kill her. Sure, I, I yeah. mean, I can see where people think there is like a hour-long master plan that we're going to see work out next week. But he says, I liked your idea. So Walt has clearly contributed some plan to this whole situation. I don't know that that follows. It's almost like, you know, I, I felt like Jesse was just like saying, hey, thanks for backing me in there. And I liked your, you know, I, mm. I again, I might be missing it totally. But Maybe. I I think Walt has given a plan, but we'll find out next week. If he one did, way I feel like that's sloppy storytelling because if they want us to think that they could have said, you know, at the end, he's like the the the. The precursor has to keep flowing, and here's how we're going to do it. Yeah, and then instead cut away. of just like you know slowly zooming in on his face, or it's a must like you know and then cut. It's just I don't know. It feels a little okay. Ner- uh, narratively awkward. Yeah. So we got the watch gift. Walt comes home. The whole time, the ticking whole clock. time, it's tick tick tick. So we got the loose thread leading to this, this loud ticking. That, yeah. That's a callback. Another callback to. Uh, Walt's uh, or Mike's analysis of him as being a ticking time bomb. Mm-hmm. Uh, Skyler's smoking in this scene. Chain smoking like you wouldn't believe. Using Walt's 51st birthday cup yeah. mug as <laughs> an ashtray. Come on, that's not cool. Uh, you know, and, and, and Walt, after briefly trying to engage with her, says, you know, look at this. This nice watch. This dude wanted to kill me a week ago. Mm-hmm. And he changed his mind. You will too. And we end the episode with increasingly loud ticking from the watch and zoom in. Very end, did you get the sound effect? The very the the ticking turned into the cocking of a semi-automatic pistol or some sort of semi-automatic weapon. Did it really? Because when I saw that, I was thinking, oh man, this looks like every single bomb timer I've ever seen in fiction. Mike was calling Walt a bomb just an episode ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, doesn't want to be around for the boom. Mm-hmm. And this is hitting the the traditional zero mark, you know, where the bomb would go yeah, off. I think this is all just visual imagery and audio imagery. But the uh-huh. last two clicks, it goes from tick, 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 tick to the chick, chick. Uh, And again, if you don't believe me, uh, go back and rewatch the episode because I uh-huh. think it's there plain as day. It could be. I, I didn't pick up. Lots on of people on Facebook mentioned it. Lots of people, you know, uh-huh. the, the you know the the Reddit verse is all abuzz about it. But ob- obviously, this ticking away and the, the time aspect here with the watch, it's all kind of saying, "Hey, Skylar's waiting you out." I mean, she said as much earlier in the sure. episode. 
this is this is Walt's time ticking away, right? Like his his plus yeah, his time to do this. Plus, uh, one of their Facebook fans, Matthew, thinks her chain smoking, blowing smoke towards his yeah. direction, his active attempt, even like if it's subconscious, to give him cancer. Sure, why not? Get the cancer to come back. I like it. Yeah, every little bit helps, right? Right. When you're waiting out an evil madman. I just, man, this this thing's going dark because when I yeah. go back and think about the pilot episode in the Flash Forward, which I'm grudgingly beginning to appreciate, mm. no Skyler, no family, Walt alone on his birthday. Yeah. Very bad things could happen here. Like, I don't, it, I don't, is, does Villigan have the balls to do something like kill Junior and kill Holly and kill Skyler? That's a really good question. Because we've never seen anyone really central to the show die yet. Yeah. Right? It's all been, quote-unquote, bad people. Uh-huh. Sure. And now we've got a fresh crop of bad people we happen to care about. And some innocents. Are they going to die? Uh, I will say that I am surprised at how dark the show has gone. Yeah. Uh, I don't think they're done. I think... By the end of this, we will all be thoroughly disgusted with Walt, and his family dying is just a part of that, I feel. Yeah, I mean... It's, I think they will go there. It's gotten dark thematically. It's gotten dark visually. I mean, mm-hmm. so many of these scenes are looking like they got shot in the Godfather's office. Yeah. Like, extremely yeah. muted, you know, spotlight. You remember how bright that living room was? Yeah. In season one? Yeah. It is a den now. It is yes. dark. yes. So, anything else we want to talk about before we get to the feedback section? I don't think so. Uh, We actually have a little bill pain that we have to do at this point, right? We do. We do. So, as we mentioned at the outset, this podcast is sponsored by Audible. Mm -hmm. And if you go to audiblepodcast.com slash baldmove and sign up, you get, as as an exclusive listener to this podcast, uh, one free audiobook download. Or listen. Yep. And I was just checking uh, when I signed up for my account. They've got uh, over 100,000 titles in stock. Yep. And I was just checking on the front page. They've got um, uh, one that's interesting perhaps to uh, our podcast listener is the Game of Thrones series. Yeah, all five of them. All five of that's them there. Cool. And one of them, first one, first taste free. I think I'm going to go check out the first one because I know I'll never read it. Yeah, but they got like so uh, the Hunger Games trilogy on there, the Fifty Shades of Grey. It's got all the ladies' <laughs> panties moist. Sure, they love it. Uh, Gone Girl. Have you heard about that? No. Uh, by that? Gilli- Gillian uh, Flynn, I think. It's this like really creepy psychological thriller that's been getting a lot of uh, buzz. Hmm. Never heard of so it. So try it out. Uh, AudiblePodcast.com slash move, and you get a free, free audio book. Yeah. Nothing beats free. Nothing beats free. <laughs> uh, have, have we have we uh, paid lip service? Yes, we have enough. We're good. All right, yep. on to the feedback. Let's move Take on it. to the feedback. Uh, Take it we roughly. Got some, some emails from uh, last week's cast. Some corrections and some thoughts. No, oh, uh, I know. Sorry, damn those corrections. J- John M writes in. I have to say that I feel like your show is in dire need of a devil's advocate. So let me take a minute to fight the Walt hate. He loves oh, Walt, right, apparently. Right. Uh, why is Walt's behavior so upsetting this season when you guys seem to enjoy Gus so much last season? He was even more manipulative, even more indifferent, even more hubristic, and yet he was seen by viewers as brilliant and an excellent foil. Now people, you guys included, seem disgusted that Walt is following in Gus's footsteps, 
The only reason that Walt isn't still cooking in peace for Gus is that he saved Jesse and Hank to risk himself and his family. Uh, to risk himself and his family? I'm not sure hubristic is a cromulent word. I'm sure it is. That's, <laughs> that sounds good to me. Uh, based on that alone, I still consider Walt to be pretty moral for a proto-kingpin drug lord. Wow. Uh, well, I was... the, the reason I was rooting for Walt last season and now hate him is because he has become Gus. And Gus, Gus was the was a villain. evil. Well, Gus was a villain, and, but and still Walt wasn't, was a it wasn't anti-hero. Cool for, and, and, but Walt, it still wasn't cool for Walt to use a child to get no. back. It, it's fine if you use all, like, spill Gus's blood, blow his face <laughs> off. I don't, I mean, because he's the bad guy. Sure. And one of the reasons I rooted on Gus is because Gus was an obvious villain. It Definitely. feels weird now. Um, it's kind of like, you know, you're, it's enjoyable to watch Tony Montana. Uh, or Tanya, I don't know, whatever. I'm, I butcher everyone's name. Uh, no, on Scarface, it's enjoyable, right? You yeah. would not want Tony Montana to be your best it's friend. It's Montana. Just Montana. go with Montana. Like you would want, not want Joe Montana as your best friend. <laughs> no, definitely He's not. He's just parading around in his underwear all the time. <laughs> yeah, with his fucking gloves on. He punches you with the Super Bowl ring. It's not a good time. <laughs> like, So it's the difference between a friend... The difference between a villain doing something, you're kind of like rooting from the evil place in your heart and something you care about. That's what yeah. – so it's interesting what Vince is doing here. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's really the hardest part of it is he's taking this character that we did like. But it's weird. I want to ask the guy. Walt lovers why they're so bothered that we are now starting to root against him. <laughs> that's the whole point of the show. Yeah. Like yeah. Vince Gilligan has basically said, I want every last one motherfuckers to root against Walt before I'm done. Yeah. And I'm – I have to wonder if that's going to destroy the show at the end of the season. I don't know. Because if they keep going darker than they've already gone with Waltz, he already creeps me out and I don't like him. Right. So where is there left to go? Just turning the TV off, you know? I don't know, man. Have you, you've seen the movie Sin City, right? Yeah. <laughs> that's that's, as dark that's as how goes. far uh, antiheroes can go and people still root for them. All right. So we'll see if they can pull that off. We'll see if they can turn everyone off. Dave from PA says, how is it that Mike's guys are in jail? Mike isn't, and they all have, uh, all they have on any of them is that they had an account set up for them by Gus in the Cayman Islands. Certainly more than enough to bring them in and question them, but not enough to hold them. I think they were Swiss bank accounts, weren't they? Well, the other thing is, one thing I I got on Hank's DEA board is the thing about Mike is his Cayman account was untouched. Never been accessed, never been trans. So he could plausibly say, I don't know what you're talking about. Also not in his name. Also not in his name. The other guys, I I think if uh, I I'm, I'm, might be making up a fact here, but I think if you flipped our photograph off over, it talks about them, you know, having the access to the account and being in their name. So that's one obvious hmm. difference that, you know, Mike can with a straight face say, I don't know what you're talking about. There's yeah. no smoking gun connecting the him with the money. Sure. Uh, Bakati in the ABQ says, I wanted to give you guys an idea of Paralegal Mike's day when uh-huh. he went to the, the prison and he did had he to do visit the math? Did he do the math? He did some math oh, here. Yeah. Uh, Mike is at the MDC, which is out in the middle of nowhere on the far northwest part of town. His best bet, in my opinion, is to hit the back roads, head to Los Lunas, and that's going to take about 30 miles or one hour. Mm-hmm. Uh, he now needs to head to hour APD. Hour and a half of traffic. Well, he gets that. <laughs> He now needs to head to APD, which is downtown, and because the freeway, uh, because of the freeway, his time is only thirty minutes to go about twenty-five miles. 
Now, now he takes a 22-mile or 30-minute trip to Sandoval County, which is in a town called Bernalillo. That sounds good. Yeah. Look uh, that name. So, so all in all, Paralegal Mike has about an 80-mile trip, which he can cover in about two hours of driving. Oh, not, not bad. bad. Not bad at all. No, and you give about every every guy a half hour and a half hour check in and out. That's a long day, but it's doable. Sure. Especially definitely. since two of the guys are in the same location. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Justin M. writes in, he's a, a former Marine rifleman, uh, and he backed us up on the tracer rounds, blowing shit up. Yeah. That definitely happens. Uh, he had some comments about the Walt and You know, when M60. people aren't shooting at you, that's a pretty cool job. Being a Marine rifleman? <laughs> well, I mean, yeah. just in general in the military, I mean, you get to blow stuff up real good. And yeah, when then. you're not afraid for your Sad, life. right, yeah. Yeah. Sheesh. Uh, he says Walt's going to need more than an internet manual to figure out how to operate that pig, which is the nickname for an M60, apparently. Oh, yeah? Uh, and he says, including the weapon and the ammo, that's about 50 to 60 pounds of gear. Doesn't sound like Walt will be walking and shooting. I can't wait to see the scene where he's sitting there in a chair with his big machine gun laying aside. <laughs> he whips it up. Yeah, yeah. Practicing his yeah, shot. Quick, his quick draw uh-huh. with the saw. <laughs> I don't think you need a quick draw with those. <laughs> Uh, also on the Insider Podcast, it, Vil- the Villikin said that the yellow and green tint was deliberately selected, and it harkens to the yellow and green hues in the show's title. Mm. Makes sense. Like it. There, there are, there's a running theme there. Did you notice the colors in this cast? Or in this show? In this episode, they were more blues and reds. Yeah, and- like you, you mentioned the red uh, when Walt's making mistakes. He wears this like crimson red. Yeah, that same shirt with the black pants. Interestingly enough, uh, Junior had there was rocking a red shirt too. Oh, wow. Does that make him like, you know, he's doing pretty stupid stuff with the car too. Some yeah. foreshadowing. Like father, like son. It's going to be, you Maybe. know, flaming wreckage. Walt hasn't really, or Junior hasn't really done anything much, has he? He's been there eating breakfast the whole time, and that's basically it. Right. He's been a foil to, like, Walt because of his relationship with Hank. Mm. But he hasn't done much more than that. I just hope he's seen his Signal 20. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he needs to know how to drive that car. Uh, Kenneth writes in, in your last podcast, you mentioned the scene where they are letting out the poisonous gas from the cook over the playground. I noticed it during the first watch, and I feel it may be a clue of something to come. During a bug bombing, the air isn't ventilated out. If that were the case, they wouldn't need the tent. Duh. All right. Uh, I see a few. Resp- I see a few possibilities happening. Some nosy neighbors notice this and become worried and calls the police or poison control. And they take air samples. Mm. I don't know if you can do that. Yeah, air that samples. Fast. You can take soil samples. Especially since I don't think they're just. Yeah, I, I wonder how long they're venting. Yeah. I don't know how to cook meth. Surprisingly, <laughs> no. Hmm. Uh, people suddenly get sick from the fumes, and someone takes air samples. That could happen. Uh, they leave the ventilation on when the poison gas is going, and the poison gas doesn't work, ruining the reputation of Vominos and causing them to get no more business. Uh, so they have to knock out the competing pest control. I definitely I don't know about that. <laughs> I definitely thought Walt's analysis of does anyone call and complain? Hell, no, I don't know that that's true because if I was next door to a tent and I, I, sm- I smelled this really strong reeking chemical smell, yeah, I would call and be like the fucking tent's leaking. Get a leak. I, yeah, should I be worried? You know, blah blah blah. I don't. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, the Crystal Shep reminds us that not <laughs> everyone dies in Scarface. Uh, Tony's main nemesis, Sosa, survives, as well as Sosa's main hitman who blasts Tony into the fountain. Hmm. Uh, he says he'd love to see someone emerge in the Sosa-type role with Mike acting as the main hitman. Hmm. wonder who that could be. Could fit into a kind of a Sosa role. 
I don't know, it had to be someone high up, and I would think if it would have been anybody, it would have been Eladio or Gus, but mm. they're both dead. <laughs> yeah, and again, it's looking increasingly unlikely that there is going to be a big bad this season. I mean, yeah, between yeah. wrapping up the mic... We've got 12 episodes left, right? Yeah, but you got to wrap up Mike. you got to wrap that's up what Hank. I'm I mean, that's like, if anything, the big bad's going to be law enforcement and yeah. uh, Walt's own partners. Phil says, uh, actually, this was a really long email, and I had to edit it way down, uh, so sorry for that. But he rewatched uh, every Breaking Bad episode and has some thoughts on the series. He says, first off, you do not need Walt Jr. in this program at all. He's right. This is where I was... Uh, Gleaning that little information from. Fast forwarded all his bits and it makes the show better, not worse. Hmm. It's a real shame as he has a lot of screen time and I couldn't help but wonder what they could have done if they had made him a good character, like a rebel or a meth head. Now, I've always struggled with the fact that drug dealing seems to be a victimless crime on this show. Having Walt Jr. as a drug victim would have added so much to it. Yeah. I kind I of mean, agree. Yeah, but on the other hand, you, I kind of have a bad feeling that the Villigan has maintained this character's purity and innocence for a reason. Yeah. And that's right. going to become clear in this final season. Yeah. And I don't know, like, I don't know that they've just portrayed to me, uh, the drugs are victimless crime. When, if you could think about Jane and what Jesse's gone through and that horrible episode mm-hmm. in the meth house with that little redheaded kid. Yeah. I feel like they've, and the ATM crushing the dude's head. Yeah. <laughs> as much as you can show in and in, in, because that's not the main point of the show, but I, I also don't think that anybody watches this and be like, hot damn, I want to try some meth. That's true. Yeah. I certainly don't want to try it after watching this. No. Uh, also he hated, the bit where they were watching Scarface. Hated it. Uh, he says it was terrible. Anyone who's ever watched Scarface will know that by the finale, you've been watching the film for three hours and are slumped in a chair. There would be no popcorn left. You wouldn't talk to mom as it's the best bit, and you certainly wouldn't ask mom to join you as there's only two minutes left in the movie. Utterly woeful script writing. Only served to get a scene from Scarface on the show. Okay, we get it, Gilligan. Walt is turning Tony is turning into Tony Montana. Seppenwall and Feinberg hated that, too. Uh, I kind of agree with him. Walt Jr. would not ask, hey, Mom, come sit down for the final two minutes. It's there a, would be no popcorn. There would be no popcorn. I, yeah, I, I, I agree. <laughs> okay. Agreed. Fair enough. Still a good shout-out. <laughs> uh, Tom, in a Volkswagen, uh, I mean West Virginia, <laughs> says, In last week's podcast, a listener noted that the Season 5 Breaking Bad poster looked like it may have been in a tinted warehouse. Ooh. Uh, you asked, would that sort of thing be done? First-hand knowledge that it is done. Back Ooh. in my undergrad days, I worked summers in a large bakery in Winchester, Virginia. This bakery had a warehouse. Uh, after finishing my last summer, I returned expecting to never hear from the bakery again. A week or two before Thanksgiving in my senior year, the bakery called to ask if I could help pro- provide security at the warehouse while it was being treated for pests. He had no idea what to expect, but when he showed up, he found a huge tent over the facility, much like we're seeing on the show now. You know what? I bet the tents do smell because... They're not airtight. And number two, how it's there to keep the poison in the house concentrated. Mm-hmm. But they they eventually have to ventilate that stuff out anyway, right? Unless they suck it out. Yeah. But suck it out in the what? You really Into think they have some kind of collection? For, uh, maybe. I don't uh, know. Maybe. It, it would be difficult to get it all, though, you know? It'd be interesting like, if there's a person that does. He, this guy did. Um, no, Tom, he was security right? for oh, security? the building while it was being ventilated. Ah. Yeah. I wonder if Tom knows anything about whether they actually just vent that and or just let it dissipate naturally or what. I don't know. 
Because, like, those tents, I mean, they're not airtight. No, certainly not. Uh, all right, so we got some emails from this week. A lot of them. Uh, I had to make brutal cuts again this week. Yeah, you're going to have to. It's you're crazy. to make Gus, Gus Victor cuts. Yeah, sure. Uh, Slim Charles from New Orleans says, My take on the watch was that the cancer is back. Assuming Walt met Jesse and Mike after the or the day after his 51st birthday showdown with his wife, it was exactly a year to the day that he was diagnosed with cancer, and just as the 60-second hand goes around the dial 360 degrees and returns to its original position, so does Walt's cancer. I like it. Yeah, not bad. Strong. Um, Ted M. writes... Uh, simultane- simultaneously incredible, but still somehow disappointing as far as the show goes. Brilliant, subtle episode that left me hoping there would be more to it somehow. Uh, he also says, I think Walt learned a lot about himself in this episode, um, more than any other one. He really dealt with the human consequences of his supervillain antics. He has to be a ruthless person in his family life. He can't keep those identities completely separate. And this was the episode where he had to reconcile those dual identities to some extent wow i did not see i don't agree with the emotional awakening no i feel like that no he didn't but maybe again when in he was at that low part wife, i don't know because at the end he's like back in the denial you're you'll eventually see me for what i really am the hero that's crazy <laughs> yeah no, that's a good point i mean if, if if the if the episode had ended on him eating that bowl of cereal sad i would think that maybe something got through but in the last, you know, his confident, the, the, the meth must flow. Yeah. And his dismissal of Skyler's and then just going to bed and sleeping like there's not a, he's got, he's sleeping on a pillow like a baby. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He likes sleep like as much as. Like a log sawn baby. <laughs> okay. The other Kevin F. says, I'm not the only one who would say best episode of the season so far, but I'll throw my vote in anyway. Firstly, I have to agree with you guys that Walt is channeling Gus. The scene where he's eating breakfast and Jesse calls was spot-on Gus-like. Hmm. Was it? I don't know. I don't remember Jesse calling. I just remember. Oh, where he's eating breakfast by yeah, himself. Yeah, right. Yeah, right. not with Junior. Duh. He seemed agitated. I don't know. That wasn't very Gussian. Uh, he also says, however, this episode was tension through and through, aside from the dubstep intro. <laughs> Uh, every time Walt talks to Skyler like everything is sunshine and roses, it makes me cringe and feel super uncomfortable. I think that's the point. And that's Breaking Bad at its best. Anna Gunn should be awarded for her performance in this episode. She makes all this tension possible. She did get, um, I agree. She did get nominated for an Emmy this yeah. year. So yeah. I think she might take home too. Uh, but that Emmy is for last season, right? Uh-huh. So you think she's going to get nominated again? Certainly. Sh- oh, I mean, because that they, they they get in kind of ruts with this stuff. So yes, mm-hmm. I mean, and her performance this year has been certainly better than last year. I don't know if you can say better because she had a lot of stuff she did last year. Not That's only true. when she got Ted out of the tax thing, yeah, that was a pretty good performance. I mean, that was like a broad comedic uh-huh. kind of thing. But she also had like a lot of really good intense scenes with Walt. Even in Crawl Space, where the focus was on Walt. Oh, yeah. Her, her reaction four or five to that reaction. Certainly added to it. Which is another one. Like, you know, I liked how she called back. It's like, you know, just whenever it was, you were in the Crawl Space having a fucking yeah, nervous screaming. breakdown. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely. Uh, Alex P. says, a short and totally plausible prediction. The watch has a tracking device, and Jesse is sided with Lydia. Nah, don't buy it. No. No. Jesse's not turned on A yet. lot of people going on theories about Jesse, like, you know, doing... But I 
I don't think Jesse's got the horsepower to do that. Yeah, or the motivation yet. You know, he's back on Walt's side. Why yeah. would he turn on him right now? It is interesting because they really played his disquiet with Walt last episode hard. And then this episode, mm-hmm. it's like bygones. Yeah, that's Bygones, true. bitch. Uh, Brian H. says, okay, I admit I never believed that Gomi is a mole, informant rat, but now I'm convinced of it. Hell yeah. <laughs> How else could Mike know that the DEA was at Madrigal 60 seconds before they arrived? Had to be someone in the DEA that was making the visit. Gomi is it. Uh, um, Nikki P. laid out a very believable alternative. Yeah, yeah that. we talked about that. Yep. Um, also, he says there's a fly poster behind Walt in the scene where they vote on Lydia on killing Lydia. Really? Yeah. I don't know what that's all about, but he points out, like we said earlier, that Fly was directed by the same guy. Uh, right. Did you know he's also the director of Loopers? That new no uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt movie that's coming out? Uh, Bru- yeah. uh, excuse me, Bruce Willis film coming out. No, Joseph Gordon-Levitt at this point. No, he can't get top billing over the man. Come on now. Come on. He was really good He's not. Is Inception. he not number three on our Mount Rushmore of badasses? You're right. You're right. Okay. You just gave it to Joseph Sta- Gordon-Levitt. Like, no, not because he's a badass, but because I enjoy watching him act. Bruce Willis, is he in a badass role here? That's the real question. I think so. He's in a like a time traveling eraser. How much more badass yeah, do you want? He's a hitman, I guess. Hell yeah! All right, fair enough. By the way, that movie does look terrific. It does. I'm definitely going to see that one. Uh, we might even podcast about it if Ooh. we're so inclined. Uh, he also says, "Notice how the camera pulled in closer and closer until the pool, uh, until the pool water alone filled the frame. All blue, sky mm-hmm. blue, sky ah, blue man. It was that color. Yeah, it was." Uh, also, he says, notice the nod to the pool earlier in the show after Walt and Skyler's pillow talk chat. The scene cut to an exterior shot of the bedroom window and the pool. I was wondering what the hell that shot was about. I made you rewind yes. that while we were watching it. Yes. Like, why do they show the outside? Well, that makes sense. They yeah. show in the pool. Yeah. A little foreshadowing. Uh, Tom from Detroit. Wanted to get your thoughts on the Sky- on Skyler floating lifelessly in the pool. Where do you think it ranks in all-time Breaking Bad shots? He says it's instantly right up there with Gus straightening his tie after being blown up, Walt laughing in the crawl space, and Jesse pointing a gun at Gail's face. I was incredibly shocked and amazed watching her slowly descend in the pool, and I wanted to hear your guys' thoughts on it. It's a great, it's a great shot. It's a very good shot. Yeah, uh, for me, nothing can really top the crawl space shot. I mean, that was just yeah, the, that's the gold standard. Yeah, that's like getting to the top of the mountain and watching the sunset. It's just right. like the perfect view. <laughs> um, so that's that. Uh, Nick S. says, I... Ma- well, he's talking about... Oh, he's talking about the route from New Hampshire to Albuquerque. Because he map-quested it, which is his first mistake. I don't know if I can take anything he says seriously now. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Um, but he said he map quested the route from New Hampshire to Albuquerque and it's like 36 to 37 hours in the opening shot of the season. Walt said to the Denny's waitress that it was about 30 hour drive. So he doesn't think he's in New Mexico. He thinks he's in Houston, which is where Lydia lives and where the precursor is currently coming from. The travel time from New Hampshire to Houston is 31 hours, much closer to Walt's statement. So... I want to say that there was something that definitively set the diner in Albuquerque, but I can't remember. Yeah, me too. But I also can't remember. Wow. I don't think there really was. Wait, wait. There was a gas station outside of the diner, wasn't there? But 
Is that a Southwest thing? Does that extend to Texas? I don't know. If it does, he could conceivably be in Houston. I don't know. I mean, it's a good. The timing's right on. Yeah. Good research. But the other thing is, you have to believe that he's actually from Connecticut, or he drove from Connecticut, and he's not yeah. just telling a story. And he's like, "That's sure. oh, about thirty hours," you know. Yeah. So, but that is pretty precise. Like, if he's going to, he'd say like about a day or over a day, you know. If he's just being general. Yeah. I don't know. Danny S. I like writes it though. In. Hey guys, great podcast. Thank you. Uh, I was rewatching the pilot, and I got a prediction on how Walter White might die. Let's not forget they're making meth. A mistake here or there and breathing into the wrong thing can make you a goner. Oh, that's true. One of you had a prediction that Walt might have to make a hurried last-ditch effort batch of meth at one point. How ironic if it was a meth-making accident that killed Walt. There are many people that have a reason to kill Walt, but I think we can all agree that Walt is his own worst enemy. Uh, Mr. Uh, continuing, Mr. Walt is all about science. Heisenberg is about the power. Not being careful enough with the science will be the last nail in the coffin of Heisenberg versus Mr. White. Not to mention that nobody would be able to accuse Villigan of saying anything other than meth is bad. What do you think? I like it. I like it better if Jesse dies. <laughs> I mean, I don't like it, but I... Shame on you. Jesse's a better person at this point. I know. I'm just saying that, like, it would be interesting if he does something and, you know, something goes wrong. with the. Re- I don't know enough about cooking meth, but... Yeah, neither do I. Red phosphorus. That's all I know. You throw I, I, that in a pan and it I have to. I have to disagree with our listener a little bit because I feel like my gut says that feels anticlimactic. Walt kills himself accidentally. Mm, yeah. Making – I mean if he's going to kill himself, he's going to do it in the RV. Now he's yeah. got – you know, and if he has to cook some hasty last-minute batch, I mean I don't know. But I don't know how that would make sense in terms of narrative. He's right of, though that Walt really is his own worst Because enemy. making meth does nothing. You can have a giant trash bag full of meth, and unless you can go out there and set, like, is Walt going to get on, you yeah. know, it's like, why is he making a desperate last-minute batch? I mean, I, so sure. that's my thoughts. All right, fair enough. Uh, Jay in Memphis also had a very long email that I couldn't read all of, but I like this point. In regards to the idea that there is no more Walt, only Heisenberg, there is still the idea of Walt. This means a total role reversal has happened for the man. In seasons one and two, we saw a man putting up a front to his business partners. Now he's putting up a front increasingly for his family. Walt is his secret identity now. Hmm. That's, a, that's very poignant. I mean, he he really has reversed roles here. He's no longer Walter White. Yeah, it's kind of like Superman where you know most superheroes, their alter ego is the superhero. Yeah. Superman's the only one that's backwards. Uh-huh. He really is Superman, and Clark Kent is his alter ego. <laughs> yeah. So, awesome. I don't know what the evil version of that is. It's uh, Walter White, apparently. Mm-hmm. Clay from Georgia says, After their conversation, Jesse leaves Walt and goes to hang out with Andrea. We never see him break up with her, which is suspect. Next piece in this theory involves Jesse's intense reaction to Mike's decision to kill Lydia. Yes, Jesse is the moral center of the show, but he's also acting very much like an individual who's working undercover for someone. Hmm? Perhaps the DEA? And this is why... Jesse's dirty. This is why they took Hank off the case. Jesse went to talk to someone, dropped some bombshells, and the higher-ups decided to pull Hank off the case under the guise of a promotion because it's a family member um, and because he's going to be investigated as well because of the money trail. You know, some people have asked... that? Jesse ratted him out? Um, no, I don't know. I mean, <laughs> I, I don't really think that's what happened. Um, yeah. It does jog my memory in the Facebook thread we had. There's a pe- couple of people asking why 
I think it was the Facebook thread. Why isn't Jesse getting more attention from the DEA? Do you think it's, it's because get a jail free card? Do you think it's still because of that? I think so. Yeah. At what point does that over get overridden and they go after him anyway? Um, because they put a tail on Jesse. Game over. <laughs> yeah. Good point. Maybe when they can connect him uh, through another route. All right. Like not directly through himself, but if if something shows up and oh Jesse's name is you know alongside Gales or something. All right. Uh, Anton A. says, as an aside, I thought the scene between Hank and Marie in the car was interesting. The fact that Hank had no trouble with the idea of Walt cheating on Skyler is a reminder that the transformation of Mr. Chip's Walt hasn't gone completely unnoticed to everyone else. I don't think Hank would have ever thought that old Walt would ever cheat on Skyler. That's a good point. Uh, he's, Hank's perception of Walt is slowly changing. You know? Uh, the Crystal Shep has some comments about this week's episode. When Walt Sr. entered the house expecting a big birthday celebration, Walt Jr. was watching TV. sounded like the first show we heard was Three Stooges. That's right. It yeah. did kind of sound like that. Yep. So that was a good uh, callback there. And callback two was Walt being framed headless at the start of the dramatic bedroom scene, just as he was in 502 when he tries to rouse Skyler out of bed to go to the car wash. Hmm. Very nice. Jim from Ohio. Hey, guys. Jim from Ohio here. Uh, I apparently didn't edit any of this because he loves all our podcasts listens to them at work uh anyway he's gonna jump right into his thoughts i don't believe it i don't believe it nobody Uh, listens to this at work (laughs) okay where's the evidence uh i'd probably give it a c on the breaking bad grading scale what yeah he he thought it was mediocre however i did find a lot of symbolism did he fall asleep in the first half because i could understand it (laughs) after the first half yeah just if he felt like like oh didn't even see you know didn't didn't see anything after the pool sure uh, he did find a lot of symbolism in this episode that made up for some of the lack in action and story progression. He says, The mechanic describing Walt's car uh, was like he was describing Walt himself, from having nine lives to the line right before he found his Heisenberg hat. If you take good care of it, it probably has another 200,000 miles on it. To me, this is saying if Walt gets out now, he would have a long life, but just a normal middle-class life. Also, the other thing I noticed was Skyler's blue dress covering up her white top underwater. It was like the blue meth was taking over the white family. And hiding any nipple that might be shown in a white t-shirt. I think you might be taking that analogy too far. Okay. (laughs) Um, Shit, I lost my place. (laughs) All right, moving on. Justin from uh, Alabama says, What big developments do you think will happen before the first half of the season is over? He's talking about, like, deaths. I've or Hank and little, Jesse finding out. I've got a little spoilery stuff I read in some we'll interviews today. It. Now, one is, like, much less spoilery than the other. Do you think I can get away with, like, because the Villigan announced today hmm. there's two episodes in particular that you want to be sitting down for. Yeah. Is that spoilery? Does it mention which ones they are? I don't think so. He says episode five and seven are yeah. this season's holy shit episodes. Next week's episode is going to be big. Right. So don't miss it. That's dead freight, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. We'll talk about that, too. So, and then I got some... Now, that was a spoiler. Told people the name of it. What? We always do that, In the jackass. spoiler section. No, yeah. no, oh, no. Yeah. We always say next no, week's no, no, episode no. is... You're totally wrong. Listeners will back me up on this. <laughs> Listeners will back over you on this. <laughs> like so, Walt's Aztec. So what big developments do you want to see in those two big episodes? Man, I don't know, because we're halfway through it and nothing has happened. So... Yeah. If we have two crazy episodes, 
Mike. I feel like Mike has to die. Yeah, right? I, I feel like that's where because I feel like they're building up to putting Hank on the back burner. Yeah. Him being promoted to management is all about him kind of getting backburnered. Uh, Mike the Man Trout mm-hmm. being killed. Uh, such a high profile perp is going to bring him back onto the case. There's that's a reasonable oh, okay. prediction, right? Well, I was wondering that's going to be the one that drags his ass out of the sure. management and back on the streets. Yeah, then he's going to assume, oh, there are other operatives here. Hell yeah, like some big ones too, like big yeah. time. Like, oh god, someone take out Mike. Um, also, if Lydia shows up dead, same thing, you know? Yep. Yep. I mean, he's he's starting to suspect her. Right. Uh, I think the most interesting thing that could happen to Walt and Jesse at this point is for Mike to die. Because then where does their distribution go? Yeah. You know, then they have no channels to sell the meth that they want to sell. Right. And it's – you can see that leading up to an increasingly desperate, you know, and yeah. cash-strapped Walter White. And dressed in military garb with a beard and hair. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you can see that. So I, I'd like to see that happen. Uh, Emma from I'll London. Miss, if that does, I will miss Mike. He is one yeah. of my favorite Breaking Bad characters. He's he's making a lot of this season worth watching, actually. Uh-huh. Uh, Emma from London says, so this was Ryan Johnson's second episode directed uh, after The Fly, and I thought it was striking how similar the two episodes' final shots were. Fly ends with Walt lying in bed trying to sleep, and The Fly, which throughout the episode had been a symbol of his guilty conscience, appears in his bedroom smoke alarm. And now 51 ends with him lying in bed and the watch ticking on his bedside table, another symbol of his unacknowledged sins regarding Jesse. Sure. I think that's a good point. That that watch solid, yeah. Also symbolizes, you know, everything he's done to Jesse. Right. And getting this nice gift from him. Uh, one of you mentioned the idea recently that the fly might have been the real death of Walter White and the birth of Heisenberg. These parallel ending scenes seem to lend credence to that, as this was really the episode where Heisenberg came full circle. Ooh, I love it when the listeners support my theories. Yeah, right. Yes. Heisenberg isn't an alter ego anymore. Walter White, the meek, duped husband he becomes with Hank and Marie as the false alter ego. Yep. So second. Even that cracks a little bit because when he said, tell me, Marie, that's straight up Heisenberg. Yeah. Yeah. Good point. Was he in his red shirt then? No, he was in his white shirt. Yep. Well. Because he just jumped in the pool. Yes, you're right. He's in his t-shirt. Uh, Aaron says, I'm super late in the email game, so zero hard feelings if you're unable to get to this before tonight. Oh, she, they gave anyway. you an out and you didn't take it? You're right, That's I didn't. That's lesson 101 because, of, of, of feedbackmanship, man. Because this is the last email I have to read. <laughs> so <laughs> they you got to pass. Take it. <laughs> um, so her boyfriend was watching it with her, and he had a moment of clarity uh, last night. I've While I've been busy doing... Uh, analysis and th- overthinking little details, he just says, huh, I wonder what happens now. This entire show is based on what a man will do when his family is in danger and what he'll do to protect them. Who will Walt become now that his family doesn't want him anymore? Mm. That's a really good point. Mm-hmm. And it's something, yeah, that's almost super obvious, and she says as much. She says, it's almost an obvious point, but not only has Walt seemingly morphed into a sociopath of sorts, but he's also lost his internal dialogue that reminds him that he's doing it all for the family. He says that, but he doesn't he, really believe it. Exactly. Because exactly. if he really believed it, Skyler's point of, like, you can't guarantee our children's safety when you're undergoing an illegal, violent trade. Yeah. Wow. Strong point. Uh, she goes on. He might be too far gone now to see it or to care, but he's completely unjustified in his actions. His cancer is currently gone, so imminent death isn't the reason to need money. 
and he could feasibly go back to work as a teacher if he talked to the right people. So it isn't about that. He's 100, 100% thrilled to be doing what he's doing, and he's lost all semblance of his former self. So what is, what is that man willing to sacrifice or do? It's going to be awesome to find out, and I agree. Uh, there was another part of her email that I wanted to save uh, for an episode where we didn't have much feedback, but that's never going to happen, so I'm going to read it anyway. <laughs> All right. Uh, she goes on because Villigan is so big on karma. I'd be interested to lay out where everyone stands on either side of the karmic scale. Uh, what would each character have to do to come out even or possibly up on their karma? Mm-hmm. Uh, she says we've got good old Hank. That poor guy has been through the ringer so hard. Surely he's bound for a break. Well, he got a promotion this mm-hmm. episode. So that's a start. What kind of redemption can Skylar find for smoking while she's pregnant? Sleeping with her boss whilst married and unintentionally causing his near death. Mm-hmm. And sweet, sweet Jesse, the kid's been on top on the top end of a drug enterprise for a while now. Put more than one body into an acidy grave, but we all want him to come out on top. Is karma in Villian's eyes all about intention or more about action? I can't wait to watch it all unfold. So, what do you think about that? That last question. Do you think Villian's view of karma is like Jesse's actions have been? Uh, usually pretty good intended, uh, whereas Waltz have not always Well, been. you know what they say about good intentions? No, I think the only hope for Jesse's salvation is a Villigan's, like, kids suffered enough. Yeah. I worry that he's doubling down this year and continuing <laughs> to cook. I, I just mm-hmm. don't know. But that's the only way I see him out is if Villigan says, well, he suffered. he's already paid yeah. the, the, the price. So. Yeah. Like we, I think we talked about this last week, but he's the only one who really feels anything. Sure, um, when he when he commits these atrocities. Yeah, and like Walt didn't really care about Lydia being offed. No, no. It was whereas Jesse, I think, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. He was more he he was more motivated by keeping Lydia alive, you know, than the meth flowing. Yeah, uh, I've got three things from Facebook. Very short, two crazy predictions, and one uh, kind of insightful. Uh, comment danny h says you were discussing whether mike could reveal any info to jesse regarding walt's involvement with jane's death and came up with nothing however when mike was called in to do the quote-unquote inspection after her death he noticed the hole in the door wasn't that hole caused by walt yeah it was but did he know that and wasn't that hole caused by like the day before when walt broke into the the house yeah and jesse knew that because he told jesse that he broke in to take the math yes uh jesse would know yeah, well, there was, there was a hole in the door because Walt put it there. All right. Well, you'd watched those that season um, more fresher than I had, so I just wanted to check that with you. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Jason Shankle of the Nattercast uh, puts up official prediction. Some combination of Badger, Skinny Pete, and or Windy will end up loaning, or owning Laser A's. Laser Base, <laughs> rather. I want Windy to own it, honestly. <laughs> nah, skin, Badger and Skinny P, I can already oh, see it. dude, they would love it. Because Badger still like to fuck up, and he's just like, yeah, man, you know, and, and Skinny P's like busting his balls, like, you got to count all the tickets before you give them the teddy bear, man. Yeah. Church. <laughs> sure. Uh, ben P says, I predict Walt uses the disappearer and changes his name to Hal. Meets and marries a woman named Lois, who's a mother of three closely aged sons oh, God. and another considerably <laughs> older one. Middle. He fearfully lives out his days in a dysfunctional family depicted by a Fox series called Malcolm in the Middle. Breaking gotcha. Bad became uh, comes to be known as the greatest prequel ever. With as much shit as you gave me about my Storage Wars email last week, 
<laughs> You're reading the Malcolm in the Middle emails? Yeah, but this was much shorter. Three sentences. Sure, sure. Fair enough. Plus, I got a lot of feedback from people, like, totally into the crazy speculation. Oh, they loved it. So did you shut they the switch me. off, or did, did you just not as much This, this week I did, because we got, we got some crazy ones, but we just have so much email. Right, right. You know? All right. That's it. That's all I've got. Do we want to go into Initiating the Initiating the section? outro sequence. Yeah. Uh, if you'd like to uh, make Jim's life harder, uh, you can flood his mailbox at breakinggood at baldmove.com. You can talk Whoa. to me, a mad brewer at facebook.com slash baldmove. Of course, go to Twitter at baldmove for Jim's famous and infamous live tweeting of the episode. Yeah, and I was sadly disappointed with uh, last week's participation. Really? Not a whole lot of people tweeting during the show. We just started, you, you smarmy little ass. So True. you need to keep that going. You need to farm that. Farm, farm it like the traveling dick farmer you are. <laughs> uh, what? Uh, go to baldmove.com to keep up with all the stuff that we do. Uh, the new Personal Arrogant show, our Breaking Good, of course. We also got Walking Dead, all the seasons of Walking Dead, all the seasons of The Night's Watch, which is our uh, Game of Thrones cast, yep. uh, Justified Season 3, and Mad Men Season 5. It's awesome. It's a lot of stuff. A lot of stuff. Check it out. Uh Hopefully leave us positive reviews on iTunes. Uh, I wondered if it would do us any good uh, because we already had like 200-some reviews. You people Mm -hmm. have given us like 60 in the last two weeks, and we have rocketed towards the top of the uh, not new and notable because we're no longer new, but to the what's hot section. and uh, Which is even more impressive than the new and noteworthy. Right, and you search for breaking, Breaking Bad. And we're the number two result behind the hated David Chin. Ah, you bastard. We'll get him. <laughs> now we have the audible money behind us. We're going to steamroll his ass. Yep. Uh, also, uh, use the Amazon affiliate link, amazon.ballmove.com. Again, uh, every little bit helps. Uh, helps us pay for the content and keeps us in beer money. So if you're buying stuff on Amazon anyway, please consider using amazon.baldmove.com. It redirects you to Amazon, and everything is exactly the same, except for we get a tiny portion of the transaction. Or if you hate typing, use your baldmove.com bookmark to go to our site and click on the banner. That's true. There's a big orange, orangey, orangey, orange banner. That's all I got, Jim. We're ready for spoilers now. Uh, There will probably be an audible banner on there as well, I imagine. all right. It'll take you right to our slash baldmove. Did they pay for that fucking banner? Because if not... Well, they paid us to talk about it, so <laughs> I got to I got to I got to go with the contract over fine tooth. I'm not giving them any more, <laughs> any more than they're paying. It's only fair. Damn it! I'm gonna have to cancel the hot air balloon with their their name on <laughs> skywriting. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> for the uh, Indianapolis market. I actually spent more on marketing for Audible than they paid us. <laughs> uh, uh, oh boy! So we're ready to talk about the spoilers after the we music. Are. Let's do it. All right, cool. Uh, as always, till next time, I'm Jim. And I'm Aaron. Bye, guys. And gals. Hey, we're back with the spoiler section. Go ahead and run the preview for next week episode of AMC's Breaking Bad. You can't even get us a single barrel of methylamine. Who said anything about barrels? I'm talking about an ocean. That's where you do it. What exactly? Get your methylamine. Robin, like Jesse James, I have done this long enough to know that there are two kinds of heist. Those where the guys get away with it. 
It does that we witnesses. A special look at next week's Shit, it's Todd. Very significant look of Walt with a shovel at Todd there. Uh huh. Because we know the editors in the teasers lie. They lie like dogs. They do. What they're not lying about is they're going to steal a bunch of methylamine. An ocean of methylamine. <laughs> ocean. What do you mean? Like, are they going to knock off a fucking train? Like, you know, one of those big tanker cars or something? Death or, Freight? Or, yeah. Death Freight is the name of that one. Or it could be a semi-load of it. Could be, yeah. Uh, one listener, I believe it was on Facebook. Uh, mm-hmm. I didn't write it down. I'm sorry to give you not any credit, unnamed listener. But mentioned that Jesse James was killed by a member of his own crew. Oh. I don't know if that's true or not. Hmm. But someone said it on the well, internet. <laughs> so it must be true. Uh, so let's talk about a little bit of spoiler action. Uh, as previously mentioned, the two episodes that Villigan said are the barn burners this season are episode five, next week's uh, Dead Freight, mm-hmm. and episode seven, which is the penultimate episode for this mini season, Everybody Wins. Um, hmm. The other thing, uh, they had a, a um, an interview with the Mantrout. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, Jonathan Banks, and he said that baby Holly gets threatened, gets put into a very dangerous situation. It's useless to threaten a baby. They don't understand you. <laughs> <laughs> you better fucking talk, kid. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to beat every tooth, every tooth out of your skull. <laughs> she ain't got no teeth, boss. Fuck it. They'll just grow back, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so can we put any of that together? Dead for... So... So Lugar, this title. Let, me, let me read an email from a listener because he's got some good points. Here. Okay, all right. Uh, Lucar wrote in with some stuff that I had to say for spoiler section. Uh, when I mentioned uh, in last week's podcast that someone uh, said that there was a place where that season five poster was shot was a railroad uh, or a, a railway station, whatever. Uh-huh. Uh, you guys seem to pass this off as meaning nothing, but it very well could. Episode five is called Dead Freight which could potentially mean anything from a truck to a plane to a train, but I looked on IMDb page for that episode's cast. It turns out that it might actually mean like a freight train. One of the people cast that wasn't the main characters was conductor, which is a word usually associated with a train Hell or a train yeah. station. So it makes sense that they shot season five picture at that old train station. Also, it makes Walt's nothing stops this train. Yeah, very good point. Uh, That's a foreshadowing. Giant foreshadowing. Yeah. Uh, and he also points the finger at Todd that he might not be what he we think he is, um, and that one of them is an undercover cop. Look, so look interesting. At, look at this scene in Breaking Bad. Um, does it look like Lydia is being tied up like for execution or so? She's on her knees, and Mike's doing something to her. It kind of looks like she's huh. be- begging for her life here. And yeah, is this where she busts out the ocean of methylamine? Probably. But I'm still wondering what Walt's plan is. Because he had an idea. I don't... I just, again, I, I would not be surprised if you guys are all full of shit. <laughs> all right. I really do. Fair enough. So, but we'll see. And the other things like, you know, no leave witnesses behind. Uh, are they going to have to kill a civilian? Or is that really a reference to Todd there? Um, I don't know, The guy's name's Todd, I mean, Todd, right? Todd yeah, yeah, yeah the, the pest control guy. Mm-hmm. Who's more than what he seems. That's the other spoiler <laughs> right. we've gotten. Yeah. So, I don't know. Combine the Dead Freight title with the idea that there's a conductor cast on IMDb. Mm-hmm. I think we're looking at a train. A train of methylamine. Okay. 
uh, especially when you combine it with what Walt said this week. All right, cool. Anything else in that preview that we want to talk about? No, I'm... Uh, it seemed uh, to all be focused on that. I think the heist is going to be pretty much the entire episode next week. Yeah, and we see the, like some tantalizing details. There's some kind of giant earth-moving truck involved, and you know maybe that's they're going to explode and derail it, or... Mm-hmm. You know, I don't know. Mike's in a tree. <laughs> uh, so I don't have a lot to say. It's it's uh, Things are played much closer to the vest this year. I wonder yeah. if that's because of the, the leaks that happened last year. All the people responsible Probably. for the leaks have been sacked. Yeah, I mean, we had a screenshot of Gus way early with yeah, the space Yeah, it's so off. early that I thought it was a bad Photoshop. Yeah, me too. I'm like, come on. This is some walking or It's like it's someone goofing on Walking Dead. Yeah. yeah. And it turned out, nope. It's accurate. Uh, they haven't even told us the name of the final episode. Haven't because I was about to ask you because we've got all, you know, next week is Dead Freight. Episode six is Buyout. Mm-hmm. We'll see. I, I, what do you, a Buyout, I feel like if they do execute a member of their own gang, then that's obvious. Like, you know, they have, I, I don't know, buying out yeah, someone in a, like, you know, when they're talking about dividing up the money and legacy costs and, or it could be maybe eyebrows is coming up back to buy out the car wash. <laughs> I was also thinking maybe it could be where uh, Walt puts his play on Mike, tries to buy him out, or maybe yeah, but Mike they need tries Mike so much. Maybe Mike tries to buy Walt out. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, or Jesse tries to buy Walt out, or Skyler tries <laughs> to buy Walt out, or Holly tries to buy Walt out. <laughs> She's got no teeth, man. She could talk, apparently. Yeah. Talking baby could rake it a lot of money. Yeah. <laughs> All right. I think we've gotten to the point in the cast where we're stupid. Yeah, I think we're good. we need to end it now. Thanks, everybody, for listening, and we'll see you next week. Yep, see you.